Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 67 of Talking Jacks. On this edition of Talking Jacks Extra, I am joined first by my wonderful co-host Ben Gosworn. How are you doing tonight, Ben? I'm doing good. It sounds like the the sky is fighting outside, and there's the thunderstorm going on. But uh, oh yeah, we have one I'm indoors. We had one roll through right as I was driving home today, uh, so that yeah. was not fun. And people around here, mm. it's different. I don't know. They they panic when it rains or when it when it storms like that. I, I don't know. Oh, yeah? Everybody was like, I had people with their flashers on, and this wasn't even on like the interstate. This was just on a regular wow. like forty five mile an hour road with stop si- stoplights. Uh, people had their flashers sense. on and all kind of stuff. So that was interesting. Um, but uh, you know, regardless of weather. Uh, you know, we got a big game coming up on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, do you want to talk a little bit about the rebrand for a second? Just to kind of, if you missed it, uh, USL yeah. rebranded. Uh, or or they announced that they are rebranding starting in 2019. So obviously mm-hmm. everybody, if you're following USL, you know they're, that uh, USL Division Three is going to be a thing in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, so along with that, the, the, the league decided to kind of re- rebrand and restructure everything uh you the division that you, the independents play in will in 2019 be called usl championship they're kind of going the way of the english football league so uh there's going to be usl championship usl league one which will be the division three which will be the professional level uh just below us teams like greenville uh triumph that's the name of it right greenville triumph yeah. Tormenta, yep. FC, Richmond, yep. uh, Madison. You know those some of those teams. Yeah, uh, that'll you know those teams will get fleshed out as the rest of the year unfolds. Uh, and then USL League Two will be what is currently known as PDL, which is uh, the amateur uh, amateur league that plays mainly in the summer, uses mainly uh, college kids who are out of school. Ben knows that league really well. Uh, if you yep. haven't listened to his other podcast, it covers all the amateur leagues uh, called Amateur Hour. So check it out yeah. if you haven't. So what did you think about that? Did you kind of – do you not care or are you interested? Um, I, I mean, I think it's it, – the, the timing kind of felt weird to me. I don't know. I mean, the, the names are, I guess, kind of exciting as well. Um. Yeah, I, I, it makes a lot of yeah. sense to kind of want to rebrand with bringing a new league. Um, and mm-hmm. I understand the criticism of people who are like, oh, well, you know, why can't we be more original? I, I completely understand yeah. that. Um, and I understand, I've seen people say, like, you know, if you're not familiar with how football is in England, then this isn't going to make sense because it, it the. The, it, it's technically the second division you're calling it the championship and now it just sounds like yep. the entire league is playing for the championship and and i understand those yeah. criticisms for sure uh but also I, you know what else are you gonna call it you know so it's i don't know it, it's interesting because chris uh chris davis brought up a good point a uh, friend of the pod and whatnot um friend of us in general i guess that's kind of weird to describe him as friend of the pod but friend whatever friend of the pod um, and also the dolphin <laughs> on the logo Yes, um, <laughs> but he brought up a good point that the, the rebranding is going to be super confusing to anyone that's not in the know because you're going to have championship, which is second division, and then yeah. you're going to have league one, which is third division, yep. and then league two, which is fourth division. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, mean, I get it. I, because, I understand like, the criticism for sure. 
Yeah. It's it's not bad. I think the branding on it is nice. I think the graphics, the, the presentation that they graphics, that they put together, like the video, was yeah. awesome. If they if they continue <laughs> that through like the broadcast and and they keep it consistent, I think that will look really well, look really good. Uh, but like you said, it's it's hard to get past the weird nomenclature, uh, like if you're not already familiar with it in in England. So I, I kind of wish they had come up with something a little different, but. All in all, mm-hmm. I don't really care that much. Um, you know, yeah. the USL yeah. has been known by about eight different names at this point. So they'll probably change mm-hmm. it at some point anyways. Uh, so, But, but yeah. you know, regardless, I think it shows that the league is trying to... Trying to stabilize in a way that will attract businesses will it will just say you know we have a we have a consistent brand blah 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 you know things that are maybe boring or maybe even cookie cutter but will maybe appeal to investors who will then keep the league stable keep the teams stable which is ultimately what all we want as supporters you know regardless of what the league's called i want the independence to exist and i want them to succeed so, and I mm-hmm. think every other, every, I think any fan of a team in this league would say the same thing. So, if this rebrand gets us to a point where more people are buying in, more people are saying, oh, that's cool, uh, you know, whatever. If it helps the league, if it helps the te- individual teams within the league, I'm for it. So, yep. Um, one random bit of housekeeping that I completely missed. I wonder if you noticed this. Did you realize Greg Jordan won goal of the week? Uh, I didn't realize it. and Well, I, I saw the announcement today. I didn't even realize yeah. he was up for goal of the week, if we're being Neither honest. Neither did I. Uh, yeah, I had no idea. Because normally we don't get nominated for those types of things. Uh, so no. I didn't I mean, notice you, it. I mean, and the team didn't say was, anything about it either. So maybe they didn't notice either. Yeah. Because they were, you know, I, they're pushing season tickets right now. And they were, uh, so... <laughs> maybe the goal of the week hit the back burner but congratulations <laughs> to greg jordan uh yeah i think that kind of settles the argument on whether or not it was a banger because he won hey, goal if, of the week so i if think the whole by league default, thinks that yeah it's by a banger, default that's it a, banger. Is a banger yeah it, we are uh the decision has been made it's out of our hands it is a hundred percent a banger um, but I think that I don't know that it's the first time, but I feel like that's the first time we've gotten goal of the week. I think it is um, for this season. I think we had a couple last season. I think yeah. Enzo had at least one, maybe two last season. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I believe that might even be the first time we were nominated this season. It kind of I, feels like that. I also, this is completely an aside. I want to see okay. if. LaRue, or LaRue, I can never pronounce his name right. The, uh, I the think it's actually Loro. I, I think you're Loro, right. Loro, that's kind of Yeah, Loro. I want to see if he on the wrong syllable. of the week, because I know he was nominated. Huh? I said you put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Ah. It's a grammar joke. I'm a nerd. Yeah. I was a communication <laughs> oh, that's, major. That's a joke. They didn't give uh <laughs> They didn't him. nominate him? Oh, God. No, they did nominate him. I remember seeing him being nominated, but they did not give him uh, goal of the week. They uh, gave some crazy guy from Reno with a man bun goal or save of the week. I should ah, say. those yeah. man buns. They'll get you. Yeah, those people. 
Yeah. What are you going <laughs> to do? Um, but, uh, but yeah, any other uh, housekeeping things, I suppose, to, Not that I can to think keep of. in mind before we... Yeah, let's yeah, kind of... So. Uh, we talked to Rabbi Mark Goodman. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of you may remember we talked to him way back at the beginning of preseason. <clears throat> we talked about the relationship between the Rapids and uh, the Independents. He used to live in Colorado. He now lives in Pittsburgh and, and is uh, keeps up, follows the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. He reports for uh, Pittsburgh Soccer Now, I think is the website. Um, so it, we had a great conversation with him, and uh, we'll roll that now. Hey, everybody. We're here with uh, Rabbi Mark Goodman, a.k.a. the Soccer Rabbi, a.k.a. the artist formerly known as Rapids Rabbi. How are you doing tonight, Mark? I'm really good. How are you guys? We're doing very, well, very good. yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing as well as Thank you can. Thank you for rejoining us as folks. Yeah. Yeah, it's been. Oh, yeah, uh, for, uh, I got a notification. It's been eight months since we last spoke to you. So, I think wow. that was like maybe two weeks before the USL season kicked off. Maybe. Yeah, so, we, were, we were talking about a completely different team. Which yeah, was a lot's changed because since I, I mean, then. I'm still writing. About, yeah, I'm still writing about the Colorado Rapids, and I'm still now. Now I've added that I'm writing about Pittsburgh. I live in Pittsburgh now, and I still I still cover the Rapids a little bit from abroad. Um, so it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's. It's a little bit more work covering two teams at the same time, but um, you know, it's thank God it's two different leagues, so it's not a conflict of interest. Ah, yeah, don't want that happening. You don't <laughs> want to. Uh, to no, I guess it just creates more work for you to learn in two leagues at once. Um, I don't know. Pittsburgh yeah. could get promoted but, though. Yeah. They're playing so well. Oh wait, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Give it another like ten, twenty years. <laughs> to, yeah, we'll we won't go. Right. We won't get into that, but. Uh, we will get into so. I mean, are you liking Pittsburgh? I know it's that's probably quite a change to go from the Denver area to to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, there's. I mean, it, I like. We'll stick to the soccer pieces because that's a simpler and and of course it's it's the most important thing. That's true. Um, okay. In, in a, at a Colorado Rapids game, you know, you know I go to a stadium with uh, nineteen thousand people. Even even when things aren't great, they're still drawing sixteen thousand. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I go through three levels of security and go up a special elevator to to the suite level where there are, there's an array of food laid out in front of me (laughs) and I, you know, go and pass by two different broadcast teams to go go find my place in the press box to sit and write the game. There are hot cookies and coffee at halftime. Uh, hot cookies yeah yeah they bring out they bring out warm warm oatmeal cookies lovely and then and and by the way the, uh, i've been to two away games as press and the rapid situation is a little, little bit less fancy than other teams in major league soccer in wow. pittsburgh you go underneath a set of bleachers you climb up to something that's like about as good as what a mediocre high school football arena would be you, you go to essentially a glorified trailer um, and there's a threadbare carpet and a couple of rickety plastic chairs, and um, and there's uh, some picked at uh, cheese sandwiches that you can eat. And then um, because of where the Riverhounds play, they play on the river mm-hmm. between two railroad tracks. So whenever a train goes by on either side, the whole press box shakes like there's an earthquake. <laughs> It's I didn't a, realize it was two. I knew there was the one railroad track, but 
Yeah, there's a, there's the train you see. There's a train you see, and then there's the train that goes by behind the camera, um, mm. which is really. Um, and I ain't complaining. I mean, I I really enjoy. You know, the supporters group Steel Army is lovely. Uh, USL football is. You know, and I watch as much football as almost anybody. But uh, USL football is really close to MLS football. It's very a lot of players, a lot more players than get a shot could really make it at that next level. So it's, it's there's a lot of good things about it, and I ain't complaining. Yeah, well, you heard it here first. Uh, Mark Goodman says that the USL is a, a slight step below MLS. Uh, um, so find, pro rel needs to happen. You'll find an extra when FC Cincinnati goes up. I would assume that Cincinnati is going to do just fine. Um, they are going to hang yeah. in there with the best teams for a while. They're going to need to reload a little bit, but not a lot. I mean, they are. Yeah, they're, they're already spending well. a little bit like an MLS team. So but we won't <laughs> we won't get too much into that. Yeah, There's, but that's a little bit up. of a sore spot. <laughs> My guess is they're going to be Yeah, probably so. Yep. Uh, but speaking of teams who are also just fine, Pittsburgh is just kind of rolling along, uh, sitting in second place. Is that right? Or are they, are they, they back are. to third? I know that it was I getting close there second. for a while. Yeah, uh, I mean it's it's second right now. Never okay, know. we've got four more weeks to see what happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Pittsburgh. They're two points two points clear of Louisville. Going on, I believe. With uh, same games played, so. And Charleston has thirty has an extra game played and is still three points back. So, seems like it's Pittsburgh's second place to lose at this point. Not that you really gain much yep. from second place with with how the it's so congested. I don't really know that it's going to make much of a difference whether you finish second, third, or fourth. Any of those, I think five through eight teams are going to be capable of, of pulling an upset. Um, Charlotte is trying to become one of those eight teams, but we'll see. We're uh, we have different ideas about that, I think. Mm. I'm pretty much uh, saying that we're out at this point because I don't think we're going to win four of the next four games, which is kind of what we need to do. But uh, but so what What do you think Pittsburgh's looking to do in this yeah. game? I mean, is it is it three points no matter what, or, or is it kind of let's conserve some bodies, maybe there's bigger and, games down the road? So um, what are they looking to do? So they had a midweek game on Wednesday – against our hated rivals Penn FC, who used to be known as the Harrisburg City Islanders. Low, low these eight months ago. Uh, and um, they won that game two to nothing. It was a really soggy field. They played a kind of a, a mix of um, some of their regular starters and uh, a decent number of their bench players. They started... Um, probably the most important player on the field, Conardo Forbes, who's number 11. He's a central midfielder, um, and uh, he he did what he does, which is he's a really strong two-way number eight kind of player. Um, but he he unleashes a pass really nice, and he, he can also strike the ball pretty well. Um, so the question of whether he'll start uh, on Saturday is a good one. Um, they started Kay Banjo up top at striker, and usually they don't strike, start him two games in a row. Um, he's really their um, reserve striker. Their starting striker, Nico Brett, I would imagine you will see on Saturday. Um, oh, great. And Brett, right. Brett is a very good striker. I feel like he's on 12 or 13 goals right now. But he's been um, – he's really an interesting striker. He's, he's not super tall. He's not super fast. He's not super strong. 
Um, he's just a jack of all trades, reliable striker. Like he hits the ball really well with both feet. Um, he dribbles fast. He's 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 good at hold up. He's good with his head, um, and he's very frequently asked to play as the lone striker. So um, so he's interesting, and you can kind of guess that you're going to face him. Um, the the other the, the other interesting thing to know about the Riverhounds in general is is they coach Bob Lilly, formerly of uh, Rochester. Um, so some people have been joking that we're the we should be called the Rhino Hounds this year. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> Bob Lilly, in my experience this year, he likes to mix both with lineups and with formations. Um, the Riverhounds started the year with a lot of Three five two, or three, four, um, one one, and then they've also used a diamond, um, a diamond formation a little bit. Mostly uh, when they're not playing with uh, a three five two, they're playing um, in a um, what did they do the other day? They played a four two three one. Um, but you just, and there's no, it's not like some of the teams you see in major league soccer where they go with one thing for a while and then it stops working and then they go with something else. Lily switches from game to game, situation to situation as it suits him. I find it really strange actually. Um, (laughs) and not in a bad way. It's because Lily's a really sharp tactical mind. He really likes to keep opposing teams guessing which I assume isn't super fun for other teams, but most teams, I think, want to play their own game and don't worry that much about their opponent. Um, the lineups are also like that, too. He he plays a really deep roster. So um, guys like Toby Adewoli, Hugh Roberts, um, Andrew Lubon, and Tr- Todd Pratzner have all figured in, in some but not all of the um, defending um, and in the midfield, he's really pretty much used almost everybody. Um, everybody's gotten almost even amount of playing time, which is really weird. There's the only player in the midfield that you can reliably count on is Canardo Forbes, and he might be hired, so they may not be going with him. Um, the other player that they they you likely won't see again on Saturday will be uh, Cristiano Francois, whose nickname here is the Cheetah. Um, <laughs> so, Haitian wide midfielder. Um, he usually starts the game on the left side. Lily likes to flip the the wingers uh, and play. You know, have a, a left-footed guy play inverted on the right somewhere into the game, which is a pretty common t- tactic in soccer. Um, Francois is super fast. Um, he's not great on the trigger, but he will um, he he will break into the box and cause a lot of headaches. You probably don't have to worry about him. I don't imagine he's going to start. So that's a little bit of the book on on them. The last to really answer your question, what are they looking to get out of this? Um, they've already clinched for the playoffs. They probably like to secure home field advantage for as long through the playoffs as possible. They obviously won't be going and topping uh, FC Cincinnati at the top of the league. But um, you know, the amazing thing about the Riverhounds is they don't really seem to need a lot of motivation to win. They just play really well and really consistently every week, and they're very, very hard to break down. Mm. That's a good strategy to have. Um, and obviously that's worked for them very well. Are there any um, players? I know Lind has returned. Is that right? Their goalie? Has he returned from the concussion protocol situation that he had um, and missed the last game with us? I guess yeah. 
Yeah, he missed uh, three games in a row, and he came back wearing a face mask because he broke his nose. So or yeah. broke or broke a bone in his face. I don't remember if it's his nose or something else. But um, yeah. Lind is a Lind is a tremendous goalkeeper. He didn't play on uh, Wednesday. They put the backup Michael Kirk in. Um, Kirk's a talented goalkeeper. He's got good positioning. Uh, what he what he kind of lacks, I guess, is height. Um, so and then um, their third goalkeeper. Kyle Morton is hurt, and so they're one of the rare teams in the league that had to go out and get a fourth goalkeeper. So oh. while Lind was down and while Morton was down, so that that's that's pretty rare, I think, in USL. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so uh, all righty. So, are there any players particularly? I know I was looking at the recent uh, form; they've haven't lost in a number of games there. But are there any uh, players particularly we should look out for that are? In form, I suppose. Uh, uh, well, Nico Bread is always a problem. Um, yeah. And um, I, I think the best player on the team is a really interesting story. Thomas Venkiazil. They call him Tommy here. Um, <laughs> he started as a defensive midfielder. Bob Lilly likes to move people around, too. As, as So there are players on this team who have played wide midfielder, left back, and defensive midfield all in the same season. Um, mm-hmm. Venky Azil started as kind of a two-way midfielder. Then he got moved back to defensive mid, and often he'll play as the center, the central center back, back in a five-man back line. Um, yeah. And he's really good at starting the attack. He, 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 uh, he dribbles and turns really well, and he can pick out a pass very well. Um, he's one of those line-breaking deep passers. Um, and he hits a ball on the ground really, really well. So um, he can really start that counterattack. If if the if the Riverhounds decide to play defensive and kind of bunker and counter, um, Venki Azil is a really critical element to starting that attack. So um, he's a really interesting guy. He's probably the the most talented player on this team and the least likely player to be with the Riverhounds next year because. He'll likely move on someplace a little bit higher level, I think. Fun fact, I believe he was actually in camp with the Independents to start the season uh, during preseason. I believe that's the guy that I'm I'm almost positive. I think that could be right. I think we even saw him the the last time we played them as that uh, fifth center back for a little bit of time there. So he's, uh, and he's a player that I've, seen on their roster and had did not recognize at all and i've always kind of wondered what his situation was if he was a uh reoccurring starter if he was kind of just the the 11th man on the pitch i guess um but that's good to know about him he's um almost, he's almost always in the lineup he's he's him yeah. and canardo forbes and nico brett are the only three guys you can reliably put in pen on the list and which is funny because at the beginning of the season hounds fans were almost certain that that guy was going to be kevin kerr um, Kerr's 31 years yeah. old, Scottish player, USL long-term uh, player, fan mm-hmm. favorite. He wears the number 10. Um, mm-hmm. And basically after halfway into the season, he kind of just became a, a, a like a depth um, bench uh, super sub, um, which is, is fine. The other name that fans in soccer will recognize is Ben Zemanski. Uh, Zemanski. Uh, yeah formerly of the Portland Timbers. Um, and I thought that he was tremendous when he was in 
I remember following him a lot as a you know someone who was following a lot of MLS Western Conference for the last couple of years. Zemanski looked tremendous um, in short in in some matches, and so when the Hounds picked him up, I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I've been really disappointed with him. I've seen him make defensive mistakes. I've seen him have mediocre passing games. Um, you know, and he really hasn't broken through the lineup, which is. You know, you got a former MLS player who really can't hang with these USL guys. I don't know what's going yeah. on, but it's it's not working. Yeah. So. Interesting. I remember when they did sign him, there was a pretty decent bit of buzz. So that's interesting to know. Um, what do you think as far as how does the does this the tactic for the Riverhounds kind of change at all when they're on the road? Have they played differently on the road at all compared to at home, or, or how does that look for them? Yeah, I, I think like most teams, they're more conservative on the road. Um, but typically, I think the Achilles heel, the, the, the great thing about the Riverhounds is also the Achilles heel of the Riverhounds, which is they play differently with different scores. So with a mm-hmm. 1-0 lead, they, I think they, they turn into a different soccer team. And with a 2-0 lead, they turn into a very different soccer team. They become much more conservative. They let the other team have the ball. Um, and when they're, I, I, they're, they're pretty dangerous, zero, zero, one, one, two, two. And they're even dangerous when they're only down a goal. Like they don't have a lot of quit and they're very, very tricky. They're not, a, I think they get to, they're very strong defensively. And I think they sometimes rely on that too much when they're up one or two Oh, that's, that's my sense. I don't know that road versus home will make a big difference. And you just don't really know what you're going to get unless, you know what formation and what personnel they're going to start with. They have wingers who are faster and wingers who are more defensive. They have attacking wide players and they have kind of possession wide players. They have big physical players that they like to play as defensive midfielders. Sometimes they play with zero defensive midfielders. It's just Bob Lilly wakes up and has a crazy idea and he writes it down and that's what happens. (laughs) Yeah. So they definitely have some, some versatility on their side, which, uh, Nice having a, a deeper budget, I suppose. That's that's definitely a uh, a uh, <clears throat> a key to their success, I suppose. But do uh, you have any questions there, Alex? Uh, just the listener ones. We'll kind of get into those. So the first cool. one is from Richard, kind of talking about you know Bob Lilly wakes up with this idea. Uh, so he's kind of asking if we're going to see any, and I think this is kind of for both teams. So we'll answer the independence part later, but. Do you think there's going to be any kind of radical formation, radical change in formation for the Riverhounds on Saturday? I I would expect the five three two. Uh-huh. Uh, that that's that's they're more likely to do that, and I think at this stage of the season, they're more likely to try and be safe. Uh, um, and maybe just play for the road point. And if I were to play for a road point, I'd, I'd start a five-man back line. And I'd also – the other thing that the Hounds have struggled with, so this is me, you know, pretending that I was Bob Lilly, and he's really – you know, he kind of does things his own way. But um, if I were the River Hounds, one of the things that they've gotten away from is they have conceded goals in six consecutive games after an early season when I, I could pull the numbers up. But – they went something like, I think they they went ten games at home without conceding a single goal, and they went like I think they 
didn't give up a goal in their first in like 10 of their first 11 games both home and away like mm. they were just knocking down clean sheets and shutouts one after another and then they've gotten away from that later in the year and i think if i were the coach i'd, I'd be saying hey guys let's get a clean sheet here so that's why i think it'd be a fairly defensive formation mm. interesting yeah, that makes sense, especially with the playoffs coming up. I, f- I feel like they'll kind of be trying to tune up for the playoffs as well. And if you are, if you do have to go on the road to Cincinnati, it's going to be important to uh, to get a clean sheet. You know, it, it, so it makes sense to try to work on that maybe ahead of time. Um, yep. So and and you know, to be honest, it, it, Charlotte's been probably if you're going to work on getting a clean sheet against anybody, Charlotte's a good candidate because uh, I think we scored <laughs> we scored one or zero goals in. Uh, the majority of our recent games. So, uh, so moving on to the next question, this one's from Jesse, uh, and he just wants to let you know he enjoys your your tweets and that he hopes you've found Permonti Brothers already. Uh, so if you haven't, then I guess that's one to write down. I assume that's a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. They, they pronounce it Permani Brothers. Okay, like, Permani Brothers. They, they drop the N and the T in Pittsburgh. I'm 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 adjusting to the lingo here. I see. Okay. <laughs> So he said, how do you threaten the goal when they park the bus so well? How do you threaten the goal when they park the bus so well? Well, the last couple games, they've been pulled out in transition. So um, in a 0-0 game or a 1-1 game, if you can draw one of their center backs up and then get in behind them, um, that works really well. Then the other one is a classic you know, soccer response, which is get it on set pieces. So they've been, I've seen them get victimized twice in the last couple of weeks on set pieces. So if you can, if you can um, get yourself into a position to score on particularly a free kick, you know, um, they're, they're a little bit vulnerable, um, just like almost any other team. So I would say those are, those are your best ways through, but they, they do park the bus pretty darn good early in games typically they they're very happy to frustrate you for 75 minutes and wait for you to make a mistake <laughs> i think, I think you just, and Alex were thinking the same thing yeah you just listed the two like worst <laughs> things that charlotte is is good at. <laughs> charlotte yeah. i don't think we scored a counter-attacking goal all season and and we've we've only i think all the set piece goals we've scored have been from corner kicks so yeah so <laughs> don't have any direct free goal kicks yeah um, it's been a weird free season kick goals yeah um yeah that's a <laughs> that's funny we have to reinvent the wheel i guess <clears throat> yeah that's that's all the listener questions though so ben if you don't have any questions we can move to predictions yeah i think that just about covers all the curiosities i had um compared to last time we talked about the river hounds but uh yeah we'll let uh we'll let you go first there mark with the you being the guest uh I would guess that this game will be tightly contested and it probably um I don't think the the Riverhounds will be adventurous let's say which may mean make make for a board game but it might it might just be that it'll be tight so I think a 1-1 finish is is definitely a possibility one of the things that the Riverhounds don't do well the only guy on the team who just kind of creates for himself is uh Cristiano Francois and he probably won't be playing. So, um, you know, it, it really, meet, you know, Nico Brett needs to connect with other people. He, he doesn't typically kind of get the ball and go swashbuckling through the defense. 
Um, so that's a that's a that's a thing that uh, you can keep keep in mind. What do you guys think? I think I'll go for I'll go next. I think based yeah. on the way Charlotte's been playing and, and and the type of games that we typically play against Bob Lilly teams, uh, we don't score a lot against Bob Lilly, and and so I I just think this one's going to be a zero zero. I think Pittsburgh's going to come in with the mindset of let's keep a clean sheet if and and you know a, that's the number one priority, and I think we'll probably come out you know on the front foot because we have to win these next four games to get into the playoffs but Pittsburgh is going to be really tough to break down we have not played very sharp on the attack lately uh it'll be interesting to see if Jorge Herrera maybe gets in the starting lineup that may change things give us a little bit more dynamic and more quality in the attacking third but it just hasn't really been there uh in really all season but but especially lately so I I, I just see this one being a zero zero kind of a boring game like you said I, I think i think pittsburgh's going to frustrate charlotte and the attacking end and maybe you know obviously charlotte's playing for their for their lives so maybe they can keep a clean sheet on the other end the defense hasn't been as much of a problem lately so i, I just see it going to zero zero i'm gonna say something slightly different but definitely agree with the consensus of it's not going to be a very entertaining game i i don't think it's going to be an ugly game necessarily. It's just there's not going to be as much. I can't see us going on the front foot like we did against the Red Bull and having much success or even half as much success, really, in getting shots on target or threatening opportunities. Um, so I'm going to say, for the sake of being a little bit different, I'm going to say we're, it's going to be a 1-1 draw. Um, but I think it's going to be a very attack very less on the attack than than we would like and, and hope, I suppose. All right, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I don't know. It these games with Bob Lilly teams, it's you know, I don't want to use the old Pittsburgh as precedent because the team has changed a lot since Bob Lilly's kind of put his stamp on it. But the Bob Lilly mm. games have always been pretty low scoring. Uh you know, there's that one outlier I think where Charlotte won like four zero, but that was back in I think twenty fifteen maybe. So it's been it's been a struggle against Bob Lilly. He kind of has Mike Jeffries' number, because um, I mean Coach Jeffries' system is kind of predicated on ball movement and and smart passing in the final third, and we, it just hasn't really happened for us this year. The player you know injuries have played a part. I think uh, roster construction has played a part. You know the quality that is not necessarily there in the final third um but yeah it'll be i think it'll be an intense matchup i just think it will be uh, in you know low scoring obviously so what do you guys think my boy sam vines how's he been doing for the team i tell you what sam vines especially over about the last four weeks has i mean he has made a huge jump in quality i mean he in confidence too I think yeah. his biggest issue the first half of the season was he just was not sure of himself in the attacking half of the field. He was good. He's a, I mean, he's obviously a good one-on-one defender. He hasn't made a ton of mistakes. Uh, there's been a couple of times. I think his biggest issues defensively have just been confidence. He hasn't been 
Uh, he's yeah. been a little unsure of himself in his decision making. But then here recently, I don't know if it was the call up to the U20s, but ever since he came back from that, I mean, he's been he just looks like a player who's ready to make the next step. I said I said last week on the pot, or maybe it was two weeks ago now that I think the the Rapids should take a hard look at him for next year. I know I, with Castillo I, I in the lineup, it kind of complicates it. Yeah, I think he's logged in with Edgar Castillo in front of him. So yeah. I think you're lucky enough to probably have vines for one more year, which I think is probably the right call. But, mm. um, you know, that's that's good excitement. And then next year you guys can look forward to Cole Bassett also, um, almost certainly. And I've seen him. He's a really nice kid. Uh, you'll <laughs> you'll like him. And he really is a kid. I mean, he's 17 years old. Yeah. You know, next oh, year. Wow. He's currently in his senior year of high school. So, um, uh, and he'll probably join you. I would assume he'll join you next year, um, unless something dramatic happens. But um, it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. It's it's the Colorado Rapids have been a different. Uh, they've they've been managing themselves differently with Anthony Hudson and Pork Smith. Um, Smith wants to use the academy to to you know be able to fund the bottom end of the roster, and he wants to send those guys to Charlotte. But I don't know that Hudson really understands how to do that or what, what to do with it or, or how to deal with it. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, it, he's a, he's more of a midfield, right? Or is he a wing? Is he being used on the wing in Colorado? Cause he's I have a box to box. box, Cole, to box. Okay. Cole, Cole Bassett uh, to me, he looks, he just, he plays just like Sasha question in his best years. Um, or he has that, he has that potential where, okay. He dribbles a little, and he's a little tricky with the ball, and he can break through. He doesn't have blinding speed or acceleration, but the kid can can swing a pass, and he'll just he'll just cut you open. So I think you're you're, you're looking at a guy who at his top end looks a lot like Sasha Question. So um, and defensively he's clean, but his he's played in two games for the Rapids, and if I'm not mistaken. I think he was above 80 or even 90% in his passing percentage in both games. He's just clean. Mm. He'll fit in in the Mike Jeffries midfield then because that's kind of what what we need. We need guys who can be clean on the ball, have a little bit of creativity, uh, and, and can just not not make – I don't know. It's been It's been a weird year. <laughs> To, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, I am. Yeah. We might also have Enzo Martinez back. So yeah, we'll it's looking I'm okay like with that too. Yeah, we'd we, be okay with that. I think um, as well. <clears throat> Seems like he with the Kellen Acosta addition, he might have just become a little. Uh, what do they say? Surplus to requirements, I believe is the word or the phrase. Yeah, I mean, I think there's just going to be a lot of roster turnover and those kind of low end guys are, are going to be the ones to replace I, I honestly think Enzo just didn't quite find his place either in this system or with this team I do think he's right on the fringe like he he I mean he started last game as a striker which is weird yeah. uh, I noticed that yeah he's played every position in the midfield at this point wide midfield uh, deep midfields, you know, it's a little, it's a little weird, and I, I have a bad feeling that at the beginning of the season, some coach got in his ear and told him too much and didn't let him do his thing, and so, but I think under another, in another team, under another coach, he'd go back to being a success, and I don't think the level matters. I think he's, 
he'd be fine at the at the MLS level, but yeah. I don't know that he's going to get another shot. I think so. so too. I think he maybe just belongs more in that super sub role uh, as an MLS player. Um, yeah, I don't know that he should really be starting as a as a number eight. Yeah, I don't know. That I just feel like that doesn't. I mean, he can play. He can do the role, obviously, but I feel like that doesn't get the best out of him. Uh, but you know, he. He's a class he's an, individual, he, you know, on the field and off the field. So I think no matter where he ends up, if he's back in Charlotte, if he catches on again with Colorado and, and maybe has another season, or if he ends up maybe even somewhere else in MLS, I feel like he'll succeed because uh, he's got that drive. He's got that personality that he's just going to succeed. Yep, absolutely. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Ooh. I mean, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love it. It's it's great talking to you guys, and uh, I hope uh, I get to come down there sometime soon now that it's not such a far drive. And uh, if you guys are ever in town, I, I bought a house on Tuesday. Nice. So Congratulations. Got, Congrats. Thanks, man. I got a space in the basement. I'm cleaning and fixing, and by the time you guys get here, you know, next season, I should have my whole scarf collection up in the guest room, so you guys will feel right at home. Oh, nice. Cool. Sweet. Well, hey, you, we look forward to if you make it down to Charlotte. We look forward to having you out for a game and everything. So, awesome. All right, thanks, Mark. Take care. All right, everybody, we're back from our interview. Thanks to Mark Goodman for hanging out with us, aka the Soccer Rabbi. Uh, I always like talking to him. He's a great guy, and uh, I, it was cool to see his perspective. I wish we had longer to talk to him about kind of the difference between MLS and USL because that's a really interesting dynamic to me. Because uh, mm. I really liked what he said, kind of at the beginning. It was kind of not even about talking about the the, the Riverhounds, but about how the level of USL play is is kind of fringe MLS. Like I I feel like when I watch USL, I don't think it gets the credit it necessarily deserves uh, as in terms of like quality of play. I think a lot of times it's like. I don't know. It just gets ignored, and MLS has this problem too. Like MLS gets crapped on by people for being low quality soccer, but I don't think MLS or I don't think mm. USL gets the credit for being uh, as as quality as it is. You know, it's it the league yeah. is rapidly improving. Um, mm-hmm. No pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm excited about the future of the league. Uh, I know this season didn't quite work out the way we wanted it to, and it's not over. I know technically we're still, we're still in it. We could win, we could win out and we could make the playoffs. Uh, But I think even if that happens, even if we get that eight seed and have to travel to Cincinnati, I still think we would say that this season didn't quite work out the way we wanted it to. Um, But I think that speaks to just the, the ramping up of the quality in the league. So I, I'm really interested to follow this team uh, and this league in the future. I think I, I think they'll figure it out going forward. Uh, I think some of the pieces that are here this year will, will hopefully be retained for next year, and they'll kind of uh, maybe do a little bit like we did in 2017 where we kind of try to retain uh, more of the roster because I think a lot of turnover probably hurt us a little bit this year, but... Uh, do you have anything else to add about this Pittsburgh game before we get out of here and, and say mm. have a good weekend, everybody? No, I mean, it is going to be 
I mean, it's definitely going to have the same feel. I'm going to be curious if we do end up going on the front foot and how much we go on the front foot. Um, because I, I, I would love for us, especially with more rest, try to put in an effort like we did to start the game um, against the Red Bulls. Um, I mean, obviously, Pittsburgh's going to play a lot more reserved, and they're not going to give us as much um, offensively and as much space. But I'm curious how we're going to come out formationally, kind of alluding to Richard's question with – how we're going to line up and, and everything. It's, it, I, I would, it, I think it'd be impossible to figure out who's starting in this game based on a lot of factors. Cause I mean, we're going to have that much more time to rest. O'Brien's been exceptional. Jordan just got gold a week. He's been great. George is back. Uh, um, Vosser's played good as well. in, in limited time, uh, Jorge could be back. Um, I think we heard, yeah, we heard some. Maybe some other people are going to be back as well. It, it's yeah, just going to be Donnie Smith might be back, uh, and and Cato we've heard is getting close. Although we've been hearing Cato's close for about a month at least now. So yeah, uh, Donnie Smith being back is an interesting mm-hmm. option. I don't know if he would, because if, to me you can't take Sam Vines out of the lineup right now, and we talked a little yeah. bit about that with Mark. But the last mm-hmm. two games, he's played phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, first I, 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 I don't see how yeah. I don't see how you take him out. Um, yeah. If if you if you want to play Donnie, I think you play him as a center back, or you you maybe bring him on as a substitute in the last fifteen minutes for for Sam Vines. Um, yeah. Uh, it it like like you said, I think it'll be if we come out on the front foot. I think we have to be careful not to get to get bit on the counter. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh, that's going to be the tough part. Pittsburgh plays. Pittsburgh and Charleston play very similar in that mm-hmm. they are oriented around their defensive organization first and foremost, and and so they might play a little more conservative at the beginning of the game. But Nico Brett on the counter attack. I mean, he's got 15 goals. I know he's cooled off a little bit. He was up there in like the top two or three of the Golden Root race, and now I think he's dropped back to maybe tied for fifth. Uh, but yeah. but regardless, he's a dangerous player, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Pittsburgh's going to be tough to break down. We saw that in in the last matchup, uh, or you saw that. I didn't actually watch the game, so <laughs> I saw the highlights. <laughs> uh, and funnily yeah. enough, I won't see the game this weekend. Uh, one of my best friends is oh, getting no. married. Uh, so we'll be we'll be attending that, and so maybe that'll give us a little Ooh. bit of good luck. Uh, we do we do What's have a the clean sheet for for weddings. So you, this year the weddings clean is we have a clean sheet every time I've gone to a wedding, and two th- two of the three have been uh, z- zero zero draws. So that may have played into my prediction oh. a little bit, super, un, uh, subconsciously. Uh, so we'll see if that holds up. Um, but yeah, I think. I think at some point we're going to have to throw it all forward. Um, yeah. But I don't think we'll necessarily do it off the bat. Like you said, I don't think we'll we'll go full bore like we did against Red Bulls. Uh, yeah. I think we may, if, if it's still tied towards the end of the game, we'll obviously have to throw bodies forward like crazy. 
So you may see some of those unconventional subs that Coach Jeffries does. Uh, we've seen him do it in cup matches, and we've seen him do it ever so often in the regular season if we really needed a result. He'll, he'll take off a center back late in the game and put on a forward and play some kind of really strange yep. formation like a you know like a 3-1-3-2 or something crazy yeah i don't I mean, think i have seen jungsu and we've seen uh we have seen, Jansu, Herrera, we've seen uh, yeah Herrera, we've seen but, some uh, like that kalunji up top so you anything know, is possible if it's zero zero going to the 75th minute i could see him pulling a center back and putting maybe gebhard on and, and having yeah. a three-man back line of like sam vines joel and 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 duck it and then joel you know bombs forward <laughs> And it's really just kind of a, a one or two man backline with Don or with uh, Sam and Duckett, uh, but we'll yeah. see. I, you know, it's the great uh, it's the great question of do you stick with what you know or do you experiment with the last four games? So I'd honestly would not be surprised and disappointed if we saw Gebhard. Because they've had a lot of time to gel. Not that Airman's been bad, because Airman's been fantastic. Airman That's has been Airman has been so good. I just yeah. I assume the reason tough. he's been coming off is fitness. Um, because he is so active, he runs like crazy. So I I, I mm-hmm. can't imagine. I imagine it's hard to keep that up for ninety minutes. So uh, maybe yeah. That's an interesting quandary because. We've been having some serious issues at center forward. Uh, if Zayed yeah. is still out injured, I assume he's injured because if he has if he hasn't been injured, he's not making eighteen. And I don't know what in the world we're doing. Uh, yeah, true. But hopefully he's back. But if he's not back, then I think we could see Gebhard start at center forward, which yeah, I would not be opposed possible. to. Because I, I would think, like to see some speed, honestly. Yeah, I think he gets a little bit. Uh, when he plays on the wing, I'm not sure that's his best spot because he doesn't seem to be very good at delivering crosses because he's only played on the right wing for us so far in his appearances, I think. Maybe he played on the left wing the first time around. Um, so it'll be interesting. I, you know, I imagine we'll probably see Jorge at some point. It, this, I mean, he's come off the bench two games in a row. So you might see him start this game uh, with mm. the full week off and it being, it being as important as it is. But if he does start, I would love for it to be behind Zayed because I think yep. I think Jorge is at his best when he has somebody in front of him. Uh, and, and not that he's bad as a, as a forward, as the furthest option forward. I just think he's better if there's a, if there's a forward in front of him that he can work with and work off of. But, you know, it'll be an interesting matchup. I I think, yeah, they'll still be, it'll be curious to see if he does, if uh, Jeffries, I should say, ends up going with a more um, experimental type route at this point of the season. But we we saw him experiment, I want to say, for the first time since Charleston against the Riverhounds last time with a, three-man, five-man back line. Uh, yeah, I believe that was the first time he broke it out so, since Charleston. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a good point. We haven't really seen that lately, uh, I think mainly because we haven't had the bodies to do it on the back line. Yeah. Uh, Watson mm-hmm. got dinged up. Uh, so, I, you know, Coach Jeffries does like to kind of roll with the same lineup, so it also wouldn't shock me to see the same 11 that started against the Red mm-hmm. Bulls. Um, 
so we'll we'll just see i mean hopefully whatever uh whatever he chooses hopefully it works out uh but pittsburgh is going to be probably our toughest game even though it's at home it's probably our toughest remaining game uh yeah because they are in, in my opinion they are in the in the upper echelon of the eastern conference i think they could challenge for a title i think they could knock off cincinnati i think they can beat anybody in the west um yeah. So uh, they're they're a huge challenge. So a lot will be learned about. You know, we could we could get blown out in this game. You know, mm, you never you had know. To say that, didn't you? I mean, it's mm. it's it's on the table. It's on the table. I know that they. But you're gonna be at a wedding. Just I, don't. That's true. Miss the wedding. That's true. That's the only. That's the important <laughs> thing. I'll do my best. So hopefully everybody else is able to make it out to the plex into the game. Sorry, I don't think there will be any scooters this time around. Uh, Darn. But if you, you know, if in, if you find yourself on a lime scooter in the meantime, just enjoy it because it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, do you have anything to add before we get out of here? No, I think that's just about it. Just looking forward to the second to last home game of the season. Yeah, the penultimate home game against a team from Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. How about that? Too bad it's not Penn yeah. FC, right? That would have been a little bit too much yeah. alliteration, I guess. Oh darn! Yeah. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. Uh, and and hopefully, uh, you will have a wonderful rest of your week. And, your week. and come on, you jacks! Woo!